0: Die radio show.
1: I say this calls for action and now
0: Is Rome worth one good man's life. We believed it once. Make us believe it again. He was a soldier of Rome. Honor him will help me carry him. Robert Bruce Dillmore Sr. He was a soldier of Jesus. So we're going to honor him today. He was my father, the original Christian car dad. (laughs) And um, for our family, we knew that at the very beginning of that intro, you heard the hymn Beneath the Cross of Jesus on the organ. And my father... Um, amongst his many gifts that he shared with us he he did know quite a bit about music in fact he led the youth choir in churches when I was younger and he would many mornings I would get up and we had an organ and he that was his favorite hymn to play on the organ I don't know how many actually <laughs> might be the only one he knew but it was you know it was just very common for us to hear that so you know Psalm 116.15 is precious, in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And so I got to celebrate my dad's life on March 24th, and those who came, I'm so grateful for that, but I just wanted to share this morning kind of what God gave me. He gave me something really cool about my dad that I got to share there, and so I wanted to share that today on The Christian Car Guys Show. I also shared it on my website. Is well as there's a whole slideshow of my dad and and some other things that are there of course today being a fun show we are going to have some sound bites from when my dad was on with us um he was one of the uh characters in Christian Car guy theater and so I think we have in fact I know we have a clip from what I thought was his best portrayal <laughs> is uh Bob, the father of Allie in Christian Car Guy Theater, so, you know, that being his name was Bob, it seemed to fit, don't you think, Bill? Sounds smart to me. Yeah, so, and Bill's with me today, and Bill's got a few thoughts on his own dad. Yes, I miss him greatly. And so, you know... It is a celebration of life, and it's going to be really cool. I know you may think at first, well, I don't know if I want to listen, (laughs) but I can assure you this is going to be an adventure that you might be surprised at some of the adventures that my dad went on and some of the things we're going to talk about today. I really think that you're going to see God in a new light, maybe some facets you hadn't seen before. So this is what God gave me to share. And first of all, he said, you know, my name is also Robert Bruce Dilmore, Jr., And so being the son of a great man is not so easy as it falls upon me to share the story, the story well. So here's the things that I think God gave me specifically for this. Great men reflect God greatly. The example, Jesus, right? He was a picture of his father. Great men are greatly misunderstood. Once again, Jesus, right? They greatly misunderstood him to the point they took him to the cross. Great men risk greatly. Again, another example, Jesus. And we'll get a lot into that in a few minutes on how Jesus risked, but I think you'll agree with me by the end of the show today that he certainly did. And great men don't stay dead. (laughs) They come back from the dead. Example, right? Jesus. Great men do not stay dead dead so you know that's kind of fun bill well my dad was really great but he didn't come back from the dead that i (laughs) know of he's living wait and see wait and see okay well that it's coming so like all of us made in god's image is a huge understanding right and and when you're trying to celebrate somebody's life it, it really is helpful so god's Very glory is reflected in each and every one of us, right? As it says in Genesis, right? He made man in, in fact, they all three said it. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit said, let us make man in our image. And of course, that alone, you know, we could spend shows just trying to figure that one out. But nonetheless, it's telling us something very wonderful, that every each and every human being has a special way that they reflect God. And in my opinion, each of us reflect God in very unique ways. And we were made for that. We were made to reflect God so the whole world could see the face of God as only you can reflect it. The interesting thing is if you don't reflect that facet that you see, no one else can because he gave you that and it's something special. I like to call it, it's your special sauce, kind of like to... All beef patty, special sauce, right? Lettuce, cheese. You have a special sauce and my God, and God gave it to you, and my dad had one that he uniquely bared, <laughs> and anybody that knew him would certainly say, yeah, that's a unique person right there, and I, I really believe that's what the angels long to see, is that when they're down there looking at us, they're looking at certain aspects of God they can only see when you reflect it, so to understand how my dad reflected God, let me sure share some stories that I believe God's glory, though broken as he may have been, his, still his true colors, they do come shining through in Christ. So just as God named his favorite you know, people, like he named Paul, and, and he, you know, he gave names to his favorites, well, that deepened their identity, and my dad's identity was deepened in his name. My grandfather, Herman Dillmore, was fascinated by the story of Scotland's outlaw king, Robert the Bruce. He loved it so much, he named his third son, Robert Bruce Dillmore. And even as a young boy, he shared stories with my dad, stories of a warrior king bent on freedom, outlawed, and hunted for his very life. Sound familiar, right? My grandfather's favorite story was when Robert the Bruce was given the vision. vision I heard it, I don't know how many times of a spider trapping its prey and inspired by God, Robert the Bruce thought that he should stop running and fighting as an outlaw, but stand and lure the English army into his web like the spider, right? The result was freedom for the Scots, but a freedom that only came on the other side of war, right? The life and death struggle of war came on my father early as God allows, training my dad to be a warrior with live fire before he was 10. My dad got a horrible case of chicken pox, and without anyone knowing it, one chicken pox festered underneath the tonsil for months. The resulting infection weakened his heart, really, for years to come. But at the time, it truly threatened his life. Once discovered, he was too weak to take any anesthetic, so they had to take his tonsils out with nothing to put him to sleep or kill the pain. It did save his life, but the wound (laughs) and my dad's hatred of hospitals and doctors and pain, (laughs) I can assure you, uh, especially at the end, he, he was like that to the very end. He did not go for that stuff. But the next real battle in my dad's life, his warrior training was at home. You see, being the sickly child, he got more than his fair share from his parents' attention. So like Joseph's brothers in the book of Genesis, they really wanted to throw him in a pit, but they settled for bullying him, especially his oldest brother, Herman Jr. Little did Herman know what Satan meant for evil, God was using for good. As this injustice brought out the warrior in my dad, I mean, my dad hated, I mean, he he hated a bully. And I mean, if you wanted to see my dad's passion (laughs) Let him even guess that someone was being bullied and he was on him like white on rice. And let me tell you that one of the great misunderstandings of my dad was his temper. Uh, He had a saying and we had a saying in our family that, of course, all I would have to do is say this to anybody in our family and they would know know immediately what I was talking about. We would say they went all Bob Dillmore on him. (laughs) So when When they went Bob Dilmore on him, believe me, that was something nobody would ever forget. What would seem like the nicest man ever would turn into a furious, raging warrior. It didn't take a lot in my house growing up to understand the fear of the Lord. (laughs) My dad was terrifying when he was enraged, and it didn't take a whole lot to get him that way. And for years, I struggled understanding it. Simply put, though, as I think about it now, it's a reflection of the world's fiercest warrior. Jesus, right? Exodus 15. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots in his army, he hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers, he drowned. But did you get that? He hurled. <laughs> he, he didn't just toss or throw the, the right those chariots in the sea. He hurled them. A picture of an enraged savior when his kid is getting bullied, right? Jesus clearing the temple. He did some hurling. Jeremiah 2011, but the Lord is a dread warrior, therefore my persecu- um, the Lord is with me as a dread warrior, therefore my persecutors will stumble. They will not overcome me. Yes, Jesus is a juggernaut, and so is my dad. Little did I understand how that reflected God. When we come back, we're going to hear a soundbite of my dad when GM and Chrysler started bullying dealers and that's what he took off in his life. So we're going to hear from that. We got some Christian Car Guy theater, a little bit from Bill, and so much more. Christian Car Guy show coming up. Stay tuned. Dad, Robert Bruce Dilmore Sr. today on the Christian Car Guy Show, celebrating his life and how he reflected God in unique and beautiful ways that were really totally misunderstood by me for years and years. And now as I look back, I see some things in him that truly point me um, to how God is and how he loves us. So... Hopefully, you'll enjoy sharing that with us. (laughs) I should say, hopefully, I know you will. And we're going to play some sound bites of him joining in on the show. In fact, we're going to come up with one here in just a minute. Because as we were talking about, Jesus is a warrior. I mean, you saw that when he cleared the temple. And you certainly see it throughout the Bible time and time again. He comes to rescue his bride. And, you know, my dad was that. And And he certainly would take on the bullies. So, looking back at my dad, the last 30 years of my dad's career, he was an expert witness in court cases where dealers were suing General Motors. So, you know, Ford, Chrysler, or if any way, shape, or form, the manufacturers were bullying. Then my dad literally was the Robin Hood of the car business. <laughs> he helped lawyers take from the giant corporate bullies and give to the beleaguered car dealers. You know, my dad... Was always up for a battle of wits with the fiercest corporate wa- lawyers, and his company, Management Performance Groups (MPG), was hated. And I mean, they were hated by the big three legal teams. Now, in 2009, when you know the show was only three years old, I interviewed my dad as as General Motors and Chrysler were really bullying dealers back then, canceling franchises like crazy. And here you can hear just a little bit of his passion, a little bit about what they turned on. Um, as my dad went to the rescue of many of those groups, but I can tell you that there are many, many times he came to my rescue. And uh, wasn't covered much by the media, but this bill that, that just came out says now that the terminated Chrysler and GM dealers are going to be given knowledge of why that happened and the ability to go through an arbitration process, and as promised the Christian car dad is with us today. Hey dad.
2: (laughs) Hey, good morning. Merry Christmas and a happy new
0: year to all your listeners. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is Bob Dilmore with management performance groups. Dad, you have been following this legislation very closely now for a number of months and been trying to help the dealers through it. Can you kind of walk our listeners through what's going on?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, to start with Robbie uh, at the beginning of 2009 there were a little over 20,000 automobile dealers in the United States and uh, I don't know if most people know this but uh, those dealerships are mostly privately owned enterprises a few are owned by some publicly held companies like AutoNation but uh, the factories do not own any dealerships and uh, the uh, those dealerships typically have about 50 employees. Um, we're looking at well over $2 billion in assets. Wow! And uh, as you know, uh, all three domestic automakers really got into bad financial trouble. Ford was able to come out of it without going into bankruptcy, but the government bailed out both GM and Chrysler. And then the process of doing that took them through what we call an expedited bankruptcy. Now in a bankruptcy uh, you can void all of the contracts that you have or any that you select and uh, so in this case uh, they decided to uh, cancel the franchises of uh, well over 2,000 dealers. Now that did not include the Pontiac dealers, Saturn, Hummer and Saab dealers who uh, are out of business primarily because uh, those cars are going out of existence these are in addition to that these were buick pontiac gmc cadillac and all of the uh, chrysler brands and um as a result of that uh, many of these dealers were terminated uh, well in chrysler's case i think it was by the 15th of june without any uh notice as to why they're being terminated and uh and the GM dealers have wind-down letters that would allow some of them to go through until October. But in the meantime, they can't order cars, they can't order parts, uh, so they're literally almost out of business. Most state laws um, include a provision to protect dealers against the giant auto manufacturers, and uh, unfortunately, in bankruptcy, bankruptcy uh, trumps that, and they can go around those state laws. So in eliminating the dealers quickly like that, uh, of course, it avoided a lot of expense for the manufacturers in terms of what it would cost to have gotten them out of business. But it really did not save the manufacturers any money.
0: Yeah, through that clip, I'm sure you could hear my father's <laughs> passion to help those to go car dealers that lost everything due to what happened in 2009. And he literally represented hundreds of them against the factory and lost very few of those cases because, you know, that was just his thing. That was his glory. That was what God gave him. And that which, you know, kind of terrified us as a kid, you know, ended up being, you know, something that God really used for the good of many, many dealers. And we are still getting cards from dealers across the country um, telling us how much my dad meant to them and what, what, you know, he did as defending them against Chrysler, General Motors, et cetera. The next way that my dad reflected God, I feel like, was that as we talked about, you know, great men risk greatly. And love is a really risky business. <laughs> and risk is another place my dad shined God's glory, I feel like. God risks, right, giving me free will. He risked giving you free will, Bill. That was a big risk. God risked. Think about it. He risked loving Judas. He risked loving Hitler, and he risked loving me. Yes, God is the ultimate risk taker, and I really felt like my dad reflected that. See, my dad had no college at all, and at 19 years old, he applied to work for Buick Motor Division, not General Motors itself. When he was 19, he was the youngest he not only applied, he got the job. He was the youngest assistant car distributor ever with General Motors, and I feel certain that record will never be broken because obviously they don't hire anybody anymore that, don't have, that doesn't have a college education. But by 1966, my father was the Chicago business manager, and the Chicago Auto Show was there that year, and all the bigwigs were coming down from Flint, and they wanted to see Tony Bennett. I'm going to find out the risk that my dad took which i think you'll find fascinating a few more stories we got sound bites from christian car guy theater still more from bill and his dad so stay tuned a lot more christian car guy show coming up stay tuned is rome worth one good man's life We believed it once. Make us believe it again. He was a soldier of Rome. Honor him.
2: Who will help me carry him?
0: We are honoring my dad today on the Christian Car Guy Show, and we were also co-hosted with Bill, who wants to speak a little bit about his dad in a minute. I wanted to remind you or let you know that, of course, everything that I'm talking about today, any of the scripture references and all that stuff, if you go to christiancarguy.com, you'll see there the remembrance of my father and the slideshow of him and all sorts of different places and things, and and everything that I'm talking about is all written out there at christiancarguy.com com, and of course, you can listen to podcast or previous shows and I just wanted to share. It's so easy to listen to a podcast nowadays. You can just tell your Siri on your phone to say, I want to listen to the Christian Car guy podcast and it'll just pull right up or if you're at home, say, Alexa, I want to listen to the Christian Car guy podcast and you can hear the rest of the show if you want to hear it and you had to step away today or previous shows, however that works course we're talking about my dad and risk and we're going to get back to that in a minute but i wanted to give bill a chance to share a little bit about his dad
1: yeah i was just thinking it's been 23 years i've missed my father i talk to him occasionally hope to hear back from him sometime soon um he passed away just weeks before he would have qualified for retirement uh, wonderful guy he had a master's degree in safety He worked for Nationwide Insurance, and he would go in and tell a company, you need to fix that. You might consider fixing this. It'll keep your insurance rates down. And Occasionally, he'd go back to the insurance company and say, man, (laughs) that's a company we don't want to insure any longer. But he was one of those people that, uh, larger than life, he played football the last year that High Point. Did you know High Point University had a football team? He played for them the last year that they had a football team, and then he was in the Navy. And when he was in the Navy, he played for Navy. So he was on an aircraft carrier out in the Gulf, and he said it was a little bit too hot, and he signed up for the uh, enlisted, and he played for them. And then he played for ECTC, East Carolina, before it became the university. And back then you played two positions. He'd played center and nose guard. And he was something. He was good enough that the Cleveland Browns, back when they were one of the the biggest and best, gave him a walk-on. And he said, you know, I'm just too small for this. That was before they really paid him a lot of money and they could knock him on your rear end. And He went to work for Nationwide Insurance right out of college. So he uh, did a little bit of adjusting. And uh, one of his favorite stories, was that he was driving around the North Carolina mountains and he was trying to find the Jones place. He came up on this guy on a tractor in a field and he waited till the man got to the end of the field and he honked his horn and said, Sir, I'm trying to find Lester Jones's place and I don't know where I am. He says, Oh, that's fine. You just go down the road three C's and take a right. And he cranked his tractor back up. My dad thought about it a second, and he hit the horn a few more times. And the man throttled back and said, yes, son. He says, sir, did I hear you correctly? You said go three Cs and hang a right. He says, yes, sir. I said, I'm not familiar with that. What do you mean? He says, oh, you just go as far as you can see once and then twice, and then the third time you'll see their place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had some great stories I, I heard stories about him years after he had passed away people would say yeah I had a hotel room down the hall from Mixon and he kept me up all night long snoring now, this wasn't next door to him this was down the hall ho- my father could snore with the best of them we were in a national forest one type at a camp, campsite up in the mountains and you could not see the people camp next to us. They got up, packed up, and left at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> there were some wild stories, but you know, other than his snoring, I don't think I ever heard a bad word about him. Um, he had three holes in ones in his life. He would he would head out uh, on Monday, and he had, his whole territory was Florida, so he would head out on Monday, and then he would come back late Tuesday. I'm sorry, late Thursday or Friday morning. And then he'd play golf on Saturday and he'd study for his college on Sunday. Now he was elder and he helped set up a couple churches. We had a St. Andrews in Dunedin and a St. Andrews in Raleigh that were named because of his his love and admiration for uh, St. Andrew. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. And fun, right? Maybe you're thinking about your dad. You're having fun. That's That's what we're trying to do, is honor those who came before us, right? We wouldn't be around if it weren't for them. So when we pick up my dad's story, we're talking about how my dad risked. And so by 1966, he was the Chicago's own business manager at Buick Motor Division. And the Chicago Auto Show that year, the bigwigs were coming down from Flint, which is where Buick's headquarters was, and they wanted to see Tony Bennett, who was singing at Cobo Hall. And so my dad went down to get a table, and when he arrived, Chrysler had the front row table with a huge Chrysler ice statue. So talk about risk. My dad tipped the Mater D, and this is 1966, $1,000. And so when the Buick executives arrived, they sat in the front with a tri-shield. That's a Buick ice statue. <laughs> and true story, My a week later, my dad was promoted to Flint as the director of national. used car sales for Buick, and they actually went on to be director of national fleet sales for Buick. So... Yeah, my dad was a risk taker, and risk takers love adventure. I don't know if you knew that, but it it really is something that, that happens with risk. And my dad especially loved the Colorado Mountains where he was born. <clears throat> Even at 86, he still took us trout fishing, right? You might have heard my story with my granddaughter about the first rule of fishing. My dad was right there, and he loved those mountain roads. As a matter of fact, <laughs> flying around the curves, I feel quite sure – my daughter saw her life flash right in front of her eyes many times on those mountains. He, see, rent adventure is risky. It brings out the man in you. And my dad reflected that masculine heart. He took my heart. He took my brother and I salmon fishing in Vancouver, Canada, right? When he was in his 60s, a trip my brother and I will always cherish. And he took my wife and I to Hawaii just two years ago. And we drove the road to Hannah, <laughs> which, if you ever remember why, is a little risky thing. It's one way in, across all these bridges. And, and so, yes, God loves adventure. I mean, look at any character in the Bible. <clears throat> you know, just like my dad took us on adventures. Well, God will take you on adventures, right? If you give your life to him, it's amazing what he'll do. Look what he did for Noah. He took on him a bit of an adventure right there. Abraham, he took on an adventure, Jacob, Moses, oh my goodness, Peter got his feet a little wet, and of course Paul, right? Boy, did they have adventures. So I wanted to play a little clip from my dad would come to our boot camps with the on Journey radio. And so here's my dad with Sam Maine at the boot camp. Now the next guest we're going to have coming up in a minute
3: is really kind of special for me because I'll just say he's probably my favorite Dillmore. <laughs> and I can say that because Robbie can't talk right now, because uh, as we uh, were coming up to the boot camp, he's been fighting some laryngitis, and so he's really not been able to uh, to do a whole lot today, and so he won't be talking with us. But we do have, as, as a special guest, Bob Dilmore, which uh, is the namesake from Robbie, and so Bob, we just are really glad to have you with us, and w- welcome to the show. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. I you know, see so you have a better voice than Robbie, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picking on Robbie. I love Robbie, and he's sitting here with us. But, Bob, now this is your second boot camp. Yes. And, and so, what? What's, what was? ask you a couple different questions. What was your first? Uh,
2: but uh, Robbie is uh, one of my favorites, and uh, I love them all. They've all so been he- good kids. But uh, I've been blessed because I was brought up in a Christian home. My mother and father were both very strong Christians. So I've kind of grown up in the faith. And uh, it's hard for me to identify any wounds that I have occurred. But I've had various wounds throughout life. Uh, But God has been good.
3: Yeah, one of the things that was really very cool for me sitting out in, in the crowd is your vulnerability and coming up and sharing the other side of a story mm-hmm. that we don't often get to see. All right, We see things as a person from one side but to see it from the son and the father's side and to hear some of the father's heart of some woundedness because you shared a little bit of that really helps us kind of see where God can be in the midst of all that and also the enemy can. And I know that an amazing thing for I think some of these guys were to say I need to really look at some of the things that I only saw one-sided from my dad yeah and understand there is another side to it well that's right that's you know, right there, there's a time when someone else's <clears throat> that they've been hurt or a time that maybe I, that touched on a wounded area you know they say don't don't poke a hurt bear <laughs> but <laughs> well, I have a feeling, growing up I poked Quite a, quite
2: a few times. That was a, a very painful time in our lives, and uh, a lot going on, and, and I kind of lost it, so. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. it was good good to hear about it, and it was good to uh, give the reason why.
3: Oh, and absolutely, and I am just amazed at what fruit God's going to take from that. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that that was something that was really unique to this boot camp that we've not really had the chance to see before. And
0: Guys, show Robert Bruce Dillmore Sr. went to be the Lord with the Lord on March 19th, and so we're having fun today sharing stories about his life and seeing how he reflected God in so many different ways. And picking up on the story, uh, another place I think my dad was greatly misunderstood, and perhaps his biggest struggle was my dad undoubtedly, was a ladies' man. (laughs) No doubt about it, and it's a good thing, or I wouldn't be here to tell you about it. (laughs) But my wife would tell you he set such a standard that my wife Tammy has compared me to him for years. Why can't you close the car door after I get in like your dad does for me? Why don't you pull out my chair? Why can't you just sit and talk with me like your dad does? (laughs) It's a hard act to follow. Yes, my dad was married three times. And in our deepest conversations, he would share with me, his he was really had a desperate need to feel loved. Now, he struggled there. He struggled a lot. But he succeeded in many ways. You know, when my mother's mental health was at a critical tipping point, you may know she attempted suicide, he was given a choice by her doctors to either leave his beloved career with Buick Motor Division And its lifestyle, or lose my mother's mental health. He chose her, and she did recover. And I got my mom's, you know, health, mental health back. I got my mom really for the next 46 years. Their marriage didn't end well, but that choice that my dad made to leave Buick bore a lot of fruit. And as John Eldridge would say, he rescued his beauty. The challenge with rescue and the beauty, as most men understand, is they just don't stay rescued. <laughs> but in that moment, he reflected our Savior's rescue of us, right? Our Savior sacrificed his own life for us. So, my dad was certainly a ladies' man in so many different ways. And I got a clip here from Christian Car Guy Theater that I think kind of illustrates this. He was actually portraying... My daughter, Mariah's grandfather. And so it was kind of a, it, it was kind of typecast because he is my, my daughter's grandfather. <laughs> but Allie in Christian Car Guy Theater was, um, well, they'll tell the story as you can hear my dad react to the ladies in this clip. Let's look in on the Allie, sitting down to supper with her grandparents. Her parents were killed by a drunk driver when Allie was only 10. And her good-hearted grandparents, Bob and Bonnie Perkins, have raised her.
4: Grandpa, what do you think about the word grace? Grace? Yes, Bob. Remember, we used to say that before we would eat. No, Grandma, not that. Yuck. I mean, like a person who is, like, full of grace. Someone who treats you and everybody else like Well, like you are favored or their favorite. Grace. Well, that's an interesting thought, Allie, honey. What brought this on? Well, I was just talking with Miss Annie about that word. (laughs) Oh, yes. Miss Annie. She's good for making you think. So what do you say about Grace, Bob?
2: Well, now, Allie, uh, that is a deep question. I believe I never really considered it before. Let's see... uh, I do remember someone who had that quality. Actually, it was your great-grandfather, Perkins.
4: Oh, you're so right, Bob. He was one of the dearest men I've ever met.
2: Yes, he was. Do you remember, Bonnie, how he used to take us up to Beaver Creek, and we'd go intertubing every year, even if the water was freezing cold.
4: But Grandpa Perkins made it warm with laughter.
2: He sure did. I never laughed so hard all my life.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and remember at the cookout after we were all sitting around the campfire roasting marshmallows? You better have your tail ready or Grandpa Perkins would pull it out of you. Your tail?
2: Oh, yes. Grandpa assigned a family member's name on the 1st of June every year. Then at the 4th of July cookout, you uh, told your tale of something that person did that you admired.
4: And naturally, if Grandpa Perkins knew about any conflict between you and someone in the family, you could pretty much count on that person's name coming your way on the 1st of June. <laughs> <laughs> tell me one of those tales. Yes, Bob, tell her the one where your brother, Don, had sold your golf clubs behind your back Cause he needed the money for rent. Remember, you found out and then got his name from Grandpa. I'll tell you, the entire family knew this one was coming. Oh
2: yes, it was unforgettable. I hadn't played golf since I left home a few years before, and my brother Don thought I would never miss them. But Don and I were to play at the Beaver County Hospice Charity Golf Tournament in honor of our mom who had just died of cancer. Don knew I would come looking for those golf clubs, and he had sold not only my clubs but his own as well. He ended up running bags for both of us, uh, but I was still fuming mad. I tell you, Allie, Grandpa Perkins' plan paid off for me that year. I respected Grandpa enough that I knew I had to say something I admired about your Uncle Don. But uh, try as I would, I couldn't think of a thing. (laughs) I ended up going to Grandpa for help. I'll tell you, Allie, when Grandpa prayed a prayer for me that day, I would swear that God himself showed me my brother in a whole new light, literally. All at once, I could understand how brokenhearted he was over Mom's death. You see, Allie? Our mom had given Don a special lamp that had crystals all around the shade. Those crystals were Pollyanna rainbow makers that she and Don would play with for hours. Don took every one of those crystals and had mom's favorite saying, engraved on the back and mailed one to each of us.
4: Oh, that's the story behind the crystal in the window, isn't it? Your mother's favorite saying was, to love another person is to see the face of God? Wow, this grace thing really brings out some good stuff. Yeah,
2: it sure does. That changed my relationship with my brother forever, and for the good, believe me.
4: I'll say, Allie, your great-grandpa Perkins had that quality, lots of grace, that's for sure. Well, that's my real question. Why did he have grace?
2: Allie, I I think it was because he knew God. Lots of folks act like they're all spiritual, but Grandpa Perkins, well, like my mom said, when you looked into his face, you saw God. He knew the Bible inside and out, but he didn't hit you over the head with it. We had a sense that he was praying for us, all of us, all the time. When you were with him, you felt like the apple of his eye, like you had his full attention and admiration. He might correct you, but he had a way of doing it that made you feel better, not worse.
4: Yes, Allie, I would agree. Your Grandpa Perkins had grace, and we somehow knew it was his relationship with God, which makes me think, Bob, maybe we should say grace even though we've already eaten, huh?
0: (laughs) Not a bad idea, Not
4: a bad idea at all, Grandma.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, so to my last point today, great men don't stay dead. They come back from the dead. Well, after my father left Buick, he really struggled. Having risen to such heights and then working in a car dealership, he expected the workers there to have upper-level GM professionalism and drive. All told, he tried five times to be a car dealer, and all five he was either fired or went broke. The last time he was fired by Les Shellebarger Chevrolet in Grand Junction, Colorado, where I also worked. Les even told him that God said that he should fire him. That's insult to injury. And at the same time, his second marriage had failed, and I was with him that night as a crying despondent 50-year-old who thought his once-glorious career and family was ruined. He cried and cried as he held a snub-nose 38 to his head. Well, with God's help, he made it through that night, and the next day he got up and went and applied for a job at a 20-group company that he later would become, management performance groups. He remarried with two more stepdaughters, and he came back, right? For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall not fall. Yes, great men don't stay dead, and my dad is not. I will see him again, but not yet. Right this moment, my dad is with Jesus, and they both want all of this for you. A battle to fight, an adventure to live, a beauty to rescue. Jesus came that we would have life and life abundantly because he believed that Jesus died for his sins. He believed he was the son of God. And with your belief, we get all, right? Be great men and come back from the dead. Thank you for listening to The Christian Car Guys Show.